the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving Day weekend. I hope you did lots of family stuff and family fun. Uh, Our house was uh, filled with lots and lots of food and lots of fun. And uh, it was great. We watched a bunch of football. We did some family hikes. I guess my wife and some of the kids went shopping. I avoided that. Uh, our garage door broke, but I fixed it sort of, we'll see if it's totally fixed. The wire broke on the automatic door. We'll see if I actually was able to put it together, but it was a great weekend. So I hope you had a great weekend and we're back. We're back. We've got a lot to talk about. Todd Benzman will be with us in a few moments. I recorded this with him, uh, pre pre-recorded cause he's on the move. Uh, you gotta hear what's going on at the border. It just makes you crazy. And it's important for everybody to stay, um, up on it and what's happening. So we'll talk with Todd Benzman. He is uh, super and uh, so helpful. Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org is their website. And we also will uh, have a visit uh, with, um, uh, sorry, with uh, Adam Andrzejewski uh, in the new year. And uh, he is, uh, of course, the founder of Open the Books, openthebooks.com, a super transparency website. So check that out. All right. But today, what do you need to know today? Well, I want to walk you through how important it is to understand why Donald Trump is a choice, not an echo. He is not an echo of any previous type of candidate you've ever seen of or heard of. That phrase, a choice, not an echo, Phyllis Schlafly used it famously in 1964 to say, stop giving us the same losers, uh, same, you know, uh, retreads, the same Republican establishment folks that can't win. We're sick of it. Give us a choice. And at that time, Goldwater was the choice. In this case, Donald Trump is a choice. So here, let me walk you through this. One of the things that was really dumb was when the media reacted, and you have to follow me on this, I'm going to get to a point, but, and it's going to explain why Trump is a, a choice, not an echo. And back when, um, when a Governor um, Mike Pence was, maybe it was when he was announced as a nominee for, uh, for um, a vice president, he, he was, it was discussed that he did not take meetings alone with women, meals or meetings, because he didn't want the appearance of impropriety. And I'll just flash back. I was governor. I mean, I was chief of staff to the governor of Missouri, um, Governor Matt Blunt, a young man at the time, my age, in his early 30s, a very successful guy, Naval Academy grad and all, and married, happily married, his wife, Melanie. They have two kids. And But we didn't let him go traveling, for example, with our press secretary, who was a young woman, uh, you know, very photogenic and telegenic. And we didn't, you know, we were careful. We weren't, we didn't have quite as strict a rule as Mike Pence did, but they mocked him. They mocked him, right? Well, flash forward to over the weekend when what had to have been a setup, and the setup was that Donald Trump lives at Mar-a-Lago in a sort of clubhouse, in a, in a, he lives at a club. He lives at a social club. It's not a golf club. It's a social club. So people come there for meals. There's a whole big dining room. There's private rooms. There's a patio. And Trump 
moves in and out. He did this before he was uh, president. He moves in and out of all those areas and says he's a celebrity. Before he was president and a politician, he was a celebrity. He moves in and out of those worlds and sits with people. So over the weekend, Kanye West came to visit, and that's what Trump knew. This is what is reported by Axios and others. Trump knew that Kanye was coming. He brought a couple guests. The guests he brought were Milo, the famous kind of uh, wild character, and a a guy named uh, Fuentes. And Fuentes is well known as being edgy, very edgy, way edgy. But the point here is that Ye set up, Kanye set up Trump, or somebody did. And Trump being Trump, he's not a politician. He's not a standard person. He doesn't only associate with clean fingernail types. He doesn't only associate with people who agree with him. He doesn't always associate, only associate with people who would be considered savory. He actually is willing to associate with unsavory people. And he has his whole career. Before he was a politician, this was considered a great trait of his, that he was the kind of guy that would hang out with the workers. He was the kind of guy that helped people in need, whether black or white or others. He was honored by the NAACP and Al Sharpton and everybody else because he didn't care. He didn't care if somebody had a position that was different than him. He spent time. He did what he wanted. He didn't, uh, I don't know, he wasn't a weak person who would have been changed by being associated with other people. He's a strong person, and he probably changes their minds. So flash forward to this thing where they're like, oh, my gosh. It turns out these people had dinner, had lunch or dinner. I don't even know whether it was a full dinner, but they were out in one area. Trump went by for a while. He left the table for a while. He didn't seem to know who the people were that were with Kanye. I guess he knew Milo. But again, his point was he associated with mobsters, Al Sharpton, but I repeat myself, and other unsavory characters in his life. He doesn't take on their characteristics, and it was a gotcha. It was a political hit job, either by Kanye or by somebody else. And here's why Trump is a choice, not an echo. Around the same time in the last 24, 36 hours that this story was, they were trying to make this story into something that said Trump was a bad guy. This news broke that Paul Ryan after finishing praising Nancy Pelosi, which I understand there's kind of honor among people that serve in a top job. It's like presidents when they're out of office, they kind of meet together. But then Paul Ryan said, it's about time we get back to normal, he said. Normal. What is normal? Well, he, he first said, you know, the, the article was written up and said that the establishment really can't wait to get returned to normal. Return to normal was the phrase used by establishment folks, the sort of, I call it the Romney-Ryan wing. Again, these are the echoes. These aren't the choices. These are the echoes of the past. So much so that Paul Ryan did an interview where he actually says entitlement reform is not as toxic as it used to be. Now, let me explain something to you. Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, all the echoes of the past are fraudulent people when they say that entitlement reform is not reform is not toxic and that it's not penalizing people that shouldn't be penalized. It is penalizing them. If you want to do reform, reform the corporate tax code, re- reform the Ivy League uh, entitlements that are at the heart of their massive endowments. Don't announce that you're going to suddenly, now Paul Ryan thinks, oh, we can have a good conversation on cutting Social Security on cutting Medicare. This is what is happening. 
We have people that now want to say, oh, well, we need more workers. We need more workers in America. So don't you can't close the border completely. Nonsense. The choice, not an echo, is close the border. If you want to make an argument about how many people should come in legally, let's have the argument. But right now we have no idea because it's open. And the idea that Republican establishment figures think we can go back to losing. And they say, oh, well, Trump lost in 2020. Well, I beg to differ. But the fact is Trump didn't lose in 2016. And he didn't lose in 2016 because he turned on its head all the loser establishment echoes of the past. Free trade. It's going to be good for everybody. A lie. China will ultimately be work out if we're just, you know, let them have all our manufacturing. Not working out. Tariffs will destroy the economy. Not true. Trump lived with it. So Trump may take meetings with people you don't like. I didn't really like when Van Jones was in the White House or even Kardashian. These are liberal people. I don't, I'm not a fan. Trump, Trump's not meet with anybody. I'll hear anything. Don't, don't associate. And it was a setup. So, and, and by, by the way, let me be clear. It was a setup, a hit job, a political hit job on Trump meant to damage him in just the way that the establishment Republicans can then pile on and say, oh, look, it's just too much. It's, it's not even even one of the criticisms they're saying is Trump should have been slicker and not gotten caught. Well, that's why it was a setup. But you got a choice, not an echo. There's one guy that's willing to turn the tables over. It's a little too dramatic to say in the temple, but in the Capitol. He's, he's turning the tables over in the Capitol and saying, I'm not going to do it that way. Does it mean he's perfect? No. Does it mean he got everything done? No. But give me a break. Political hit job engineered precisely because he's a choice, not an echo. And it lays bare. If you're picking people that are going to actually challenge the status quo, you've got to realize that's what he's done. If you want to argue about other positions he's got, okay, I don't know what I don't know what the problem would be, but that's what that guy's done, and that's why it's so important uh, to not get caught up in these stupid, stupid stories. All right, that's what we got. We'll come back and talk with Todd Benzman, and we'll also visit with Adam Anjevsky. Everybody, we'll take a quick break and come back. Don't forget ProAmericaReport.com. Go there and sign up for the email. Get our daily email, the wink, and that's what you need to know. Be right back. Ed Martin, Pro America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with our old friend Todd Benzman. If you go to toddbenzman.com, you'll see his two books, America's Covert Border War, which is the first one that I had and first, I guess his first one I was exposed to. But the next one is called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. All right, Todd, before we get to your recent piece, uh, which is really interesting, the Center for Immigration Studies, where uh, Todd is, uh, Todd Benzman is a senior national security fellow, um, um, has some interesting access, and we'll talk about that. But what's your response to the elections? I, you know, I, I haven't yet seen the breakout of sort of exit polling, nor do I really trust it. But I guess what's your sense? What, what did you what did, would you respond at the end of, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess it wasn't election night. It was four or five days later. But there you have it. Well, Joe Biden said it best. Uh, he came out afterwards and uh, at a press conference, and he was asked if the results of the midterm election would prompt him to change anything in policy. And the answer was nothing. So 
the immigration crisis will continue. The losses weren't deep enough, weren't painful enough, uh, didn't go, uh, di- didn't uh, serve as a, a as a shot, a warning shot across the bow. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're just going to see this thing ramp up. And Title 42 has been struck down by a judge, uh, supposedly for December 21. Uh, and then, you know, this wall of humanity uh, will just wash over the country at that point. Uh, we're talking with Todd Benzman. And, and so now over at Center for Immigration Studies, over there a couple days ago, you posted uh, a, a piece reporting from Mexicali, Mexico. Um, and uh, just walk me through what you saw, what the you mentioned in here that the access was unprecedented or gave you a, a, a sort of um, look at this new program that's expanding. So walk us through this. That's right. Well, you know, probably a lot of your listeners are familiar with the mass migration crisis from above, from from drone footage of thousands and thousands of people walking over the border and just turning themselves in. Right. Well, this new program uh, makes them invisible. Uh, They get to uh, get legalized after a fashion while they're still in Mexico. Thousands of them. Uh, and then the Mexicans will escort them and hand them off to the Americans at the ports of entry so that they already have status by the time they're handed off so that illegal crossing is no longer necessary. And so I was able to gain this has been going on for you know six or eight months, but it's impossible to see and very difficult to report on. And the administration is on purpose being very secretive about it. They're not eager for anybody to see this, but I got access to the Mexican side of the operation in Mexicali, which is a couple hours drive uh, east of Tijuana, across from California. And they just opened opened up the newest franchise of the operation there in Mexicali. And uh, I was able to interview the immigrants and watch the Mexicans log on to the CBP secure website and enter them all in and get them all pay- ready and their paperwork and so, uh, immigration. These are, but these are, are these are these legal? Uh, are, are they filling out paperwork to say I'm a, I'm a um, I'm a migrant that I mean, is it technically illegal? I hate to say it like this, but basically there's no rhyme or reason for letting them in, but they're being sort of legalized, right? Right. Well, so they're being legalized in, in, by use of an authority that is very questioned, which is called humanitarian parole. Okay. So these people are all getting something called humanitarian parole. This is the same pinky finger agreement that we give all the ones that are illegally entering as well. In other words, they get right in within two days. They're on a bus to Omaha uh, with work authorization coming soon. Uh, This way, they don't have to cross illegally. The, The Mexicans and the Americans have an agreement to have it happen before they ever leave Mexico. And they just get in line and then they get passed through. Well, this type of immigration doesn't log in the terrible statistics of apprehensions. It doesn't log. It, you can't see it from the air. You can't see it from the ground. You can't see it at all. It's invisible to the American people. And it's happening 
in an expanding, rapidly expanding way up and down the border uh, from Tijuana on the Pacific coast all the way to the Gulf of Mexico, Brownsville and Matamoros. Uh, and I'm told also that it's happening in the interior of Mexico at airports. And so people are flying over the border into American cities on this humanitarian parole. Well, as my article points out and quotes Elizabeth Jacobs, uh, who used to work for U.S. CIS, Citizenship and Immigration Services, the use of humanitarian parole in this way is illegal. Uh, They're just doing it. And there is a lawsuit by the state of Florida challenging their use of humanitarian parole. It's supposed to be for one person at a time, like, you know, a cop who got shot five times and is dragging his body up the Brent, the bank of the, up to Texas or something. Oh, let that guy in, um, you know, don't prosecute him. Uh, but instead they're using it for, you know, the masses. And we can usually see this, uh, from the air, you know, Fox news drones and everything, but they seem to be, uh, moving toward this legal channel in line with what the, Uh, Biden administration frequently says is uh, legal pathways. We are going to open legal pathways at the border. Well, this is what this is what it looks like. Todd Benzman is our guest. ToddBenzman.com is his website. Todd, T-O-D-D, Benzman, B-E-N-S-M-A-N.com. His book is featured right on the top there, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest uh, Border Crisis in U.S. History. When you say it's un, um, this is secret and it's unknown, could someone, and I, by that I mean, let's say, an oversight uh, committee member in the U.S. House, ask for the numbers? Do the numbers exist out there of the number of people allowed in this way? And if it exists, do you have any guess uh, or do you have any knowledge of what the number is? The numbers are definitely not public-facing. The The government has these numbers. They They know full well how many they're letting in. Uh, the, because, the because, closest, they, they, because, because they must, because it's a computer program. I mean, they're, that's they're right. them in the system. So somebody could pull them all. Okay, so, so they exist. They just aren't available to anyone right now. Right. What I can tell you is, yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm working with one of the um, uh, members to put in a request uh, for their office to put in a request for this. But what I can say is that we do have port of entry encounters data that's publicly facing. And last year, there were 75,000 total for the fiscal year 2021. And for fiscal year 2022, which was when this program was being ramped up, there's now 175,000. That's a huge leap. That is a massive leap. So my presumption is that a great number of the extra 100,000 are going to be these people that were let in this way. But, uh, does that, but, but does, but does it, that sound? But does that sound, Todd? Does that sound real to you? I mean, if they've got a program that they're doing like this, it feels like it's probably more than that. Well, it's because because a lot of this, I'm told, is happening at Mexican airports in the interior of Mexico, and that is very very difficult to verify and. It certainly wouldn't show up in port of entry encounters either. Uh, So they're going to fly them into Omaha and then the CBP officers in Omaha, just for example, 
uh, would, you know, check them into the country and put them on the buses to go wherever they want to go. So that is happening. We know that that's happening with the Venezuelans. They set this up for the Venezuela, 24,000 Venezuelans in Cancun and for all the Ukrainians that were showing up at the border. Uh, they made they made this program available to them in other parts of Mexico. They're not allowed to cross at the border. They have to fly in under this program. So we know that there's an air component to this. So the hundred thousand, I mean, uh, you know, I don't. That's that's how many crossed physically over the ports. Uh, we don't really know, but but I can also tell you this: that anecdotally, in interviewing three different shelter managers in Mexico, whose customers are all in line for this thing, uh, they cannot keep up. They're having to expand constantly, expand, expand, expand. Uh, the government shelters in Mexico, I, the one that I in Mexicali was in the middle of a, of a tripling in size. And all of the immigrants that I interviewed said that they were coming for this because they heard about it in social media and all their friends had crossed in it. And it's just, the word is spread. It's, got, it's all over the place. Uh, because this is irresistible, Ed. Yeah. Uh, they're able to, to get... To, to avoid paying cartel smuggling fees to cross the border they get well, in they get well, and once and once and once you it's a little bit like a lot of uh, there's a number of aspects of american uh uh the public um you know s- services use that phrase or governments provided services where if you have the right words to lie you're going to be in good shape and especially if you have a friendly so-called judge so for example in like uh, you know in disability claims if you know the right things to complain about you get the right doctor to say what your problem is and you get a sympathetic alj the judge will take care of it in this case you learn the words, right? You're down in, in Mexico. You come in and you enter in there and you say, I've got this issue, this issue. I fear for my life. I have been a victim of sexual assault. I need whatever. And pretty, and then you know the words, right? And and don't we think there was you, well, coverage of this years ago that there was a sort of nonprofits that were coaching on all this stuff, right? I mean, so. Well, in my piece uh, about this at CIS.org, I go into a lot of detail about how Nonprofit organizations are all over this thing. They are at every shelter all week long, helping each one of these people get everything that they need, including coaching, psychological assessments with documents that go into their folders, uh, with, um, you know, lawyers, American lawyers and law students that are coming from law schools in the U.S., uh, for their field research or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a lot of help uh, putting their packages together quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, so, so, and, and those nonprofits, according to one of the, uh, one of the shelter managers in Tijuana that I interviewed said that they then turn around and go back to the States and raise money on it. And he said, he said Hollywood was deeply involved in this whole thing. Hollywood money yeah. he offered. <laughs> wow. 
Well, uh, it is a great piece, uh, Todd. ToddBensman.com is the website, but this one's over at CIS.org. I'll put it up there, Todd. I got to run. Uh, we'll have you back again soon on this. Uh, it's uh, in many ways, it never uh, it just never stops. I mean, Todd Bensman is uh, constantly chasing uh, these stories and chasing these truths and getting more and more information. Again, his book is called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest uh, Border Crisis in U.S. History uh, from Post Hill Press. Uh, we've got we to run ourselves, though. We're overrun on time. Uh, let me t- take a break. And I will be back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend Adam Andrzejewski is with us. Uh, We talked to him before the recent midterm elections. If you go to his website, uh, OpenTheBooks.com, that's the website for Open the Books, his uh, transparency uh, watchdog or whatever you want to call it. And uh, and I have a couple of stories, Adam, I wanted to ask you about that you've been breaking, that you've been looking at where you're uh, checking in on things. But first of all, how are you? Uh, Welcome back to the program. I'm doing well, Ed. Great to be here. Thanks for having me back. Do you have a first reaction as a kind of transparency guru? I know you'll laugh at that, but I mean, someone who really does this, when you hear the U.S. Congress now, the House is Republican, do you have a first sort of sense, um, do these guys know how to, or guys and gals, how to uh, use the tool of transparency? So, you know, I hope so. I mean, I think if we're going to have a better platform and and a, a, a better, you know, they're going to listen to what we have to say more than what the previous uh, Pelosi uh, administration there in the House as Speaker did. So look, but there's no honeymoon with these guys in the House. Um, you know, if you go back over the last 20 years, it's been a Republican president followed by a Democrat, followed by a Republican, followed by a Democrat and the national debt went from six trillion to over 30 trillion dollars. So Republicans too often have joined Democrats to drain the U.S. Treasury from the left. That's got to stop. Yeah, uh, we're talking with Adam Andrzejewski and uh, and, um, uh, you know, I, I know you have a million targets, but I'm just going to say out loud. I was on the phone with uh, Richard Vigory, the famous sort of a conservative leader. And we were talking and among other things, he mentioned that John Podesta has gone back into the White House uh, after, you know, all these different times, the Clinton person and Obama. And and he's supervising a multi-billion dollar fund that was in one of the either Build Back Better or something that's going to be uh, uh, funneled out to so-called green things. You you know, you talk about billions and, and, and Republicans vote for it, too. And then, you know, you, oh, yeah, they don't have accountability or transparency in the Ukraine for 30 billion dollars. Well, we don't have transparency for hundreds of billions in America. It just goes on and on. I, I don't I don't want to get into that. I know you could have an answer, but I saw you on Fox and Friends. I think it was earlier in the week. Twenty million dollars in military research going to China was the headline. I watched this. It, it makes you crazy. Tell us about this story. Tell us about what it means as a guy who has a pr- big picture on on the threat of communism. What, what's your reaction to it, too? So there's a Los Alamos club. Los Alamos, obviously, is our crown jewel national laboratory out in New Mexico. And the Los Alamos club doesn't exist here in America. It actually is back in China, where there's 162 former Los Los Alamos scientists that don't work for America any longer on behalf of the American people. They actually work on behalf of the People's Republic of China, the Chinese communists, building out their programs in very sensitive military segments, for instance, hypersonic missiles, deep earth penetrating warheads, jet engines, unmanned vehicles. Uh, 
and submarine noise reduction technologies. That's the whole shooting match in a modern military. And they're building this out for the Chinese communists and not on behalf of the American people. Uh, Adam Anjewski is our guest. If you go to OpenTheBooks.com, I'm looking at the waste of the week uh, is, is a story on this um, and, uh, and breaks this down. The Los Alamos Club, um, you know. What happens when you get a story like this? I know sometimes you get a story at one time. I forget the story, but you were your your column on one of the magazines was pulled because you were getting too close. To, I think it was Fauci. But but what happens when you get a story like this? To, to, do you I mean, it's almost like you're a sort of you're, you're a uh, well, you're a journalistic whistleblower saying, hey, who's doing something? Do you did you hear from anybody on this, like an explanation or a qualifier or does everybody just put their head down? Well, you get some Chinese apologists, and certainly they're on our email list. We've got three hundred. We've got almost three hundred thousand email subscribers. So you get some, you know, some friends that are close to China, and they'll respond and they'll say, "You've got the whole frame wrong. They went back to China because our FBI harassed them." Wow. <laughs> okay, I mean, you'll have other people weigh in like that. Okay, but but I think you always have to. You know, you have to discount based on their allegiances. This report was actually put together by Strider Technologies, and it's the first time all of this stuff has been publicly sourced. Hopefully, our intelligence apparatuses know about these Chinese programs and have been following them and have been trying to tighten security, for instance, at our crown jewel national laboratories. But this is the first time that this has hit the public and nobody can say it's not a national security concern. I mean, think about this, Ed. We educated these 162 scientists in our colleges and universities. We employed them in our national laboratories. We funded them oftentimes through millions of dollars worth of taxpayer provided grants. At least one of them, we gave top security clearance so they can see our restricted data and our national security information. And then all of them were recruited back to the motherland in China to work on behalf of the communists and not on behalf of the American people. It's um, it's so um. Uh, let me pause, Adam. Again, I mentioned I, I have a lot of I would have Adam Anjevsky and uh, open the books um, uh, is his organization. Um, there's a ton. If you go there, uh, waste of the week is what I was looking at. Open the books dot com. But, Adam, you know, you have uh, enough perspective, uh, been around a long time. I know you're a reader and all of the of the, the you know, the 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 threat of communism in the Cold War, the Cold War one. We all sort of got it. We thought, well, the Soviets are sending in uh, a spy. The, the Soviets are stealing these secrets. Secrets. Nobody seems to be it doesn't seem like people are paying attention to the fact that the Chinese communist regime is doing this. Yeah, they've inst- they've infiltrated all of our institutions, it seems like, across the country. I mean, they're getting so bold now that news stories are starting to pop up that the Chinese communists actually have put in their own police forces to monitor Chinese citizens while they're on domestic U.S. Soil. I mean, it's getting that bold. So how far down the 100-yard football field are they, Ed? That's the big question. Well, that's right. I mean, that's what that's kind of what I mean. It's it's almost like um, if you don't imagine if, you, if you're just saying, oh, the Los Alamos Club in, in China and you realize, huh, they spent upwards of 20 million dollars on these people. They all went back. They're helping. What's here still? Right. I mean, it's not like people are, you know, uh, somehow. Uh, well, let me pause, though, before I want to get one more story, because um, I saw this one. Uh, the city of Austin, you guys did some of your work. It's about two weeks ago now, early November. You published a report on the city of Austin, classic sort of 
of well-known liberal city. Yeah, walk me through some of what you found. Some of it is uh, pretty incredible numbers. Well, it's very good to be a public employee in the city of Austin. <laughs> right. What we found was that if you're a public employee in leadership in Austin, you make a lot of money. Uh, so they're paying, for instance, their city manager in the city of Austin makes $380,000 a year. I mean, four-star generals in the United States military only make 270000 a year. They've got millions of men and women underneath their command and obviously a ton of responsibility. So it's very, you know, it's a good deal to be in leadership in Austin. I, I don't have the column up, but we identified we identified, you know, like even deputy city managers making up to 270000 and there was yeah. like like a hundred of them, if, yeah, if yeah. memory serves. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I mean, some of them is like the general manager of the electric utility is making up $420,000. Now, again, you know, you, as you point out, maybe some jobs are, are really that important, but then you go down and you've got uh, lots of, you know, dozens and dozens. The city attorney makes a fortune. The police chief makes a lot. The director of water, I mean, it goes on and on. And more importantly, I don't, did, did, so did people know that? If you're in Austin, could you look that up or did it take uh, open the books.com uh, to come in and sort of force that open. Oh, it took us to force it open. So here here are the facts. You got the city attorney out earning the Texas attorney general by over a hundred grand a year. You got the police chief out earning the U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security by about 27,000 a year. You got the director of the Austin Water who made 218,000 and out earned the administrator of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Right. You got the library director at 190 grand, significantly out earning the the director of the Chicago Public Library, who earned 167,000 last year. And Chicago is a much larger city than the city of Austin. So you've got this going on at every level in Austin. You've got these highly compensated public employees out earning their peers significantly. Well, and, and the reason I bring that up, uh, Adam, Adam Anjevsky, I wanted to bring that story back around is because um, that so many of the there's big ones that are there's big stories that are really important and uh, get a lot of attention. The one on China, I think, is uh, some of the Fauci NIH stuff that you found. But then there's a lot of this sort of uh, grinding, you know, grunt work of, of places like Austin, which has a huge, again, transparency problem. And you wonder about it. All right, Adam, I got to run. Adam Anjevsky, thank you, as always. Uh, the uh, the organization is open the books and open the books com is their website a million things you can look at you get sucked in there and find lots of things to think about so uh and worry about and wonder about and maybe do something about so thanks again adam thank you ed all right we'll take a break everybody we'll be right back i'll put that up on social media it's a good one that china one is important i hope it gets more and more traction i i printed out that report that uh, adam referenced and i sent it around to some folks so we'll take a break and we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment this is the phyllis schlafly report a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that deny freedom of religion, slander America, and would redefine the family. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Office Depot said it will not print pro-life flyers because they claim they would be a hate speech. Maria Goldstein of Indiana was told that her request for 500 anti-Planned Parenthood flyers would be against company policy because the content was too graphic and because it would offend those who support abortion rights. 
Goldstein said that she had planned to hand them out at her church so that others could see a list of facts she had compiled from Planned Parenthood's annual report, along with a prayer calling for the conversion of Planned Parenthood. The prayer is where Office Depot had a problem. The graphic content that they were so worried about was phrases in the prayer like the killing of children in the womb and the grisly trade of body parts. Clearly, Office Depot is more worried about protecting abortionist feelings than they are about the truth. Thankfully, Office Depot eventually reversed its decision and allowed Mrs. Goldstein to print her flyers. But only after the incident received widespread criticism from the public and a religious liberty legal defense group threatened to file a legal complaint. It's a simple fact that America is more pro-life than it has been since the Roe v. Wade decision of 1973. With modern technologies such as ultrasound and the undercover cameras that made the Planned Parenthood video is possible, it's becoming harder than ever for pro-choice abortionists to deceive women into thinking that their child is just a clump of cells. The best weapon against them is the truth, so we must arm ourselves with the facts about Planned Parenthood and share those facts with others so they can see the atrocities that are being committed in the name of women's rights. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Despite the outrageous pro-abortion stance of many liberals, the vast majority of American people value human life. More than ever, pro-life voices need to stay vigilant and be heard. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're not backing down. Please, join us in the battle for life at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's finish up with Merriam-Webster's Word of the Year. Merriam-Webster's Word of the Year. I'll give you some of the other ones, by the way. They, they listed the top 10. They do it, um, I was interested to see, uh, completely by the data. They uh, weed out the um, common words, you know, that might not, that are not sort of unique. And then they, so here's the ones that were, did not get a top 10. Lomi, Lomi which uh, the which um, uh, is back in August. I guess it was used in Wordle, and, uh, and the, um, it was a word that everybody was looking up. I guess that's the key there. And uh, so the, uh, that's funny. I never actually never heard of that word, so that's kind of good. That's a good one to grow on. I like that. I like when words, and I like when we can add some words to the uh, vocabulary. Um, this, they say this is a word. I don't know how this is a word, but I guess it's whatever's looked up. L-G-B-T-Q-I-A. Cancel culture, sentient, which was related to AI, raid. I don't know raid, why that would be a unique word. I think it seems pretty common, like raid. I don't know. Queen consort, uh, King Charles's wife. People look that up. Codify, as in abortion rights into federal law. Omicron, which is the uh, Greek alphabet word for the COVID-19 variant. Oligarch also, oligarch. But the word of the year, last year's word, by the way, was vaccine. This year's word, based on usage, is gaslight, gaslight. And gaslighting is a word that's um, worse than lying. It's worse than uh, fake news. Well, it's not fake. Fake news is a a type of it. Gaslighting is when somebody 
lies to you about something in such a way that they convince you something that wasn't true is true. It's it, it, the definition is about sort of psychological manipulation. That's the phrase they use. So here's the thing. Gaslighting. We're we're under the the Biden administration, right? Gaslighting's big. He's not, there's not a lot of uh, Trump's not in charge of anything. Can't be said to gaslight. I mean, is it Fauci that was gaslighting us? Is it Biden that's gaslighting us that inflation's not a big deal? Who's doing the gaslighting? I mean, it's kind of a funny thing, isn't it? Gaslight is the word, and it's what attributed to who? I mean, you still have the. Uh, I guess you could uh, Facebook. Is Facebook doing it? Is it uh, campaigns? You know, because there was an election just a few weeks ago. It's. I, I wonder what that means. I mean, I wonder. I, I guess gaslighting is more common, although it feels to me like the word gaslight is just describing what's gone on where the media tells you the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. And then if you say, I don't believe it, they tell you you're crazy. People And they, and they condition a bunch of people around you to say, oh, you must be losing it. But anyway, it's, that's the word of the um, word of the year from Merriam-Webster, silly. Uh, but again, kind of interesting. If gaslighting is the word, it happened on Biden's watch. It happened on Pelosi's watch, Schumer's watch. You can't really say McCarthy was gaslighting anybody in any power. I suppose they say Tucker does. Maybe they say Tucker does. And since he's the most dominant, you know, absolute dominant broadcaster, maybe that's what, maybe maybe that's their excuse. I don't know. We'll probably see it explained or at least it'll be ignored. So there you have it. But I'm a big fan of the dictionary. I'm a big fan of roots of words, uh, etymology, as they call it. So look it up. If you don't know it, look it up. Use the Merriam-Webster dictionary or any of the online dictionaries. I love gaining words, and I hope that you do too. So, all right, we'll take a, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Let me say thank you. That's a good pair of words. Thank you to uh, the great Noah Dingley, our producer, and uh, Ryan Height for associating, associate producing everything. We will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro Market Group. I'll keep it. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.